Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. Today, I am joined by Jamie Allison. Jamie is the CEO and Principal Consultant at Epitome. Jamie has 20 years of experience leading strategic talent acquisition and development initiatives for both small and large size organizations. Jamie is also author of Jackpot, a step-by-step guide to a winning on-campus campaign. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Uh, Really happy to be here. So let's let's jump straight in because we've got lots to talk about today. Uh, Firstly, can you tell me a bit about your career up to founding Epitome HR? Yeah, um, well, I've uh, I've pretty much always been in HR. Um, had a, a small stint in in radio, and then decided, oh no, I've got to kind of go in a di- different direction. And uh, uh, so I have uh, I've kind of been one of those eclectic HR people where I've I've started in uh, uh, in recruitment, like a lot of people do. Um, and uh, and then progressed into kind of more management um, roles, and and when that happens, uh, started to obviously have um, all the different streams in HR kind of either reporting into me, or I at least had to to make sure I understood them. Um, from an industry standpoint, I, I um, have have been in a number of industries, uh, ranging from kind of technology and consumer packaged goods. Um, did a, a fair amount of work in healthcare and healthcare IT. Um, and then also retail. That was a, a big uh, portion of my background as well. So, uh, um, so I've kind of crafted uh, a career that that has um, exposure in a bunch of different areas, and did that on purpose because I did want to uh, um, jump into um, having my own business and uh, and in consulting, having having a background that's that's pretty varied and uh, um, and all the way up to kind of. Uh, Executive helps helps me and and has since then helped uh, the team kind of uh, with our understanding of of the challenges of of the businesses that we have as clients now. Wonderful. And now let's talk a bit about you and your team. Can you can you give me an overview of of Epitome and and how the company helps HR pros and leaders? Sure. Um, well, it it uh, Epitome came out of um, the idea that. You know, as a, my my last kind of corporate role was uh, um, the the top HR p- uh, person at an organization, and and the one thing that always kind of was a struggle for me was seeing consulting reports that kind of were were brought in and and left, and and not really having kind of um, action items aligned with it. So so from what I would say uh, that that we do is is help organizations, usually ones that are um, you know have some kind of HR department or or um, have HR processes in place, and we really kind of come in and and uh, take a look from a best practice perspective um, to see kind of what we can do to to find opportunities for them to not just become more efficient but really to look at all of the different things that are moving in the landscape right now and seeing how it can filter into um, more of a system. Uh, so you'll find our, our approach is, is talking about HR systems and making sure that um, that we don't just kind of do stand drop-down drop kind of items. We actually try to make sure that um, 
that it is a talent system when we come in place. And when I say that, I mean everything from talent acquisition through to um, succession planning um, and development has has a connection from front to back so that that way they're getting the most out of uh, their HR and, and uh, their HR team and their HR resources. So, uh, so that's what we've done in, in a number of different organizations of different sizes. And you mentioned earlier on that you're the boss. Uh, Epitome is your baby. So um, yep. I, I guess that means that you've got lots of different hats that you wear. Can you um, can you offer an insight into what an average work week might look like for you? Uh, an average week, and and yeah, I'll have the answer that I'm sure everybody says is there's there's nothing that's really average. But um, um, but I'll tell you, I mean, from my end, um, yeah, it, being kind of that person who's. Uh, uh, who it's my role to make sure uh, we do everything from kind of business development through to um, obviously doing what we need to do for our clients. It can be uh, it can vary a lot, um, but I personally take um, um, a lead role in uh, in the majority of of our especially with our larger clients. So um, so my day can spend uh, can be spending a lot of time with the clients, um, meaning I can I can be on site doing uh, um, everything from kind of research work to presentations to senior leadership teams um, and a lot of work we do also means that you have connections with the board because um, uh, as most people have found um, uh, boards are becoming much more aware of um, uh, the impact of talent and and so they're asking questions about succession plans they're asking questions about talent so um, so a lot of my work can can be preparing senior leadership for that and and that more kind of strategic role um, and uh, but it can also mean, you know, it can mean going in and, and doing some of the books. Uh, it can mean going in and, and talking to an analyst um, about uh, um, you know some some policy work they're doing for us for a client. Um, so it can really vary. But um, but I find that I, I've always been um, somebody who enjoys the build, who enjoys um, going in and, and doing the projects that other people didn't want to do when I was in corporate life because um, that's what kind of just really, you know, uh, lights my fire. And, and that's why I think transformation has become what we, what we really focus on. But um, yeah, it, it can, it can vary so much, but, um, um, but it's all fun stuff. So, so that's, that's, I guess, the snapshot of, of what a day would look like. Awesome. Thank you. Now, uh, now tell me a bit about the, the secret sauce, if you will, which allows Epitome to give its customers the tools needed to drive people practices and put, as, as you guys claim on your website, their employer brand at the heart of their success. What goes into that? What makes you guys so, so special and strong in these areas? Yeah. Um, well, I, I think one thing is is that we do know what it's like. Um, I, you know, and, and this is uh, I, I think just what makes us a little bit different is that um, we uh, have been in organizations and understand what it's like to be in those leadership roles and the pressures in those areas. So, so I think that's that's one thing where we we uh, look at it. We try to look at it as not as that just kind of third party consultant. We actually help people get things done. So, um, so the one thing that we really try to do in in every engagement that we have that I I think sets us apart is not only do we come in and say, hey, here's some here's some opportunities. One of the main drivers that we have as an organization is to give very specific short term execution plans so that that way it's not just saying here's here's some problems that you may or may not know about um, it's that 
here's some of those things that you can do maybe a little bit better. Here's what other places are doing. But here is what you can do in the short term and long term and have very specific action plans. Um, and, and so that that's the one part I think that's different. The other one about employer brand um, is that um, uh, one thing that I've found, and, and I think we're getting better at it, but the HR profession, but also HR departments are sometimes not fantastic at being able to um, articulate their own brand internally, but then also translate that to the employer brand. And and I think we're getting better at that, but but we really focus everything that we're doing um, in organizations is uh, is also putting it through that lens to say, how can we do a better job telling our story to our um, customers and clients, both internally, but then ultimately um, outside the organization as well. So we'll have an action plan, let's say, on if we go in and do a talent acquisition audit with an organization, it's looking at all of those process things that you'd normally get, but it's also looking at, you know, what are what are the manager perceptions of us and how, and are they valid? And are there things that we can do quickly to be able to change that perception um, or things that where we maybe just haven't been great at communicating it and we can change that perception quickly. So, so those would be the things that I, I think are a little bit different that, um, that I think really help our clients um, move forward and, and move forward quickly um, as compared to some of our competitors or other people that do something similar in our space. Okay. So right at the end there, you mentioned talent acquisition. Uh, Can you offer two or three top tips, best practices for for companies looking to develop and improve their talent acquisition strategies? Yeah, I think um, the one thing, especially anymore, is um, almost every organization is having to look at, um, uh, and I would say talent acquisition people as well as talent acquisition groups is um, understand what it means to to be agile and how that how the rest of the organization is is taking that on because I think almost every organization we're going into now um, has at least recognize that being an agile workplace um, being able to take some of those agile project management um, principles and moving them into just how we do the work um, Taking that into talent acquisition is going to be really, really important. And so that would be number one is, is if you don't know what that means and what it, how it's starting to affect, then, then do that. The other side would be um, there, are, there are so many things from a technology standpoint, and, and um, you know, that, I, I find that extremely interesting. And, and uh, um, so things like artificial intelligence and, and different ways to assess that allow us to do in talent acquisition more strategy work it's important to to understand it, but then also find out what works in your systems, and and that's the the part that we're we're really starting to look at is is don't just go out and because you know product A, B, and C are hot in the marketplace, find out what fits in fits for you and will actually create a difference for you instead of it being a bolt on that doesn't work. So um, so those are kind of two and three at the same time. I would say understand it. And the other side would be um, if you're using it to find people, if you're using it to do things di- a little differently, make sure it's the right solution for your organization and not just the kind of hot topic that, that doesn't execute properly. Okay, great. So you were talking then a bit about uh, understanding why you're doing what you're doing and what the effects might be there. So let's continue that for a moment. Uh, can you can you offer some key metrics for measuring a successful company culture? So you've got the right people in place, okay? Th- those talent acquisition strategies have worked and you've got awesome people in place, but how, how on earth do you go about measuring 
uh, a, a culture which works and is productive and uh, and goes in the right direction. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a few things there, and and it and it changes from organization to organization because you do have to kind of understand um, what works in a smaller place versus a larger place. Um, but I would say almost always, um, if you don't have some kind of engagement metric, um, that would be the that would be a first thing for me. And and um, and I, I know a lot of organizations, especially larger ones that we go into have that, but they don't necessarily have um, a way of being able to impact it. And I think that's really important. We we always talk about the um, a simplicity and, and, and having focus. And, and so when I say that you need to have an engagement metric, whether, how often that happens is, you know, can be very different from one organization to another. But the key part that doesn't happen is that action plan that comes out of it. And, and, and I always say it's not about doing the 20 focus groups and, and having a plan that, you know, is 60 pages long and all of those things. Um, one place that does this really well, um, I, uh, I worked with, um, worked with Walmart and Walmart is so focused on, um, execution and results and, and it allows them to very specifically say, if our, if our results here are, are, aren't what we want, then let's, look at our three items how do we make an impact and let's get it done and and to me that's that's a huge thing from a metric perspective um, the other side would be quality of hire and um, and I think it's 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 a little bit more advanced in some organizations really large organizations but there's a lot of focus sometimes on time to fill and um, and, and just kind of you know what does the pipeline look like um, totally get that, and I think it's important. But when you really start to to make a difference in your culture in your organization, is when you can have revisits with those managers a few months out and say, you know, the person that you hired, are do you see that they're measurably, you know, um, higher than what you thought they'd be, or are their performance ratings, depending on what your systems are, are they showing that we brought in? Um, a top share of top talent and and um and so being able to progress the metrics from just kind of activity to to something that's a little more um learned and 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 a little gives us more input into strategy i i think that's the progression that most places should take to look at their company culture over time okay so you've hired loads of awesome people you've got a great culture in place and now one of those awesome people wants to leave uh Heaven forbid, but this happens, right? Of yep, course, this happens. Absolutely. So, uh, what are what are two or three pitfalls to try to avoid in succession planning? Yeah, well, in in succession planning, I think, um, it, and and again, it's the same thing that you go into, um, you know, smaller places who maybe haven't done it before. You've you've got a leg up actually compared to a lot of organizations that are big. Um, you go into big organizations, a lot of times they have a very detailed succession planning process. Um, but I think the one thing that we've found, and we usually are coming in to, to do work with that, is is how do you how do you make that kind of come off of the paper? Um, the most important part uh, is the discussion. Um, so when you're going through, you know, some of you know that there's nine box discussions and and some of those things with um, uh, where you get into actual talent grids and, and discussions from that end. It's not about what goes into the nine box. It's the discussions you have there and after they leave. And almost always when people are, are leaving, so that's the front end of it, um, how many times is it related to 
Um, I felt like I wasn't going anywhere. We didn't have some of those discussions. I, I felt I needed to go somewhere else to progress. All, um, I wasn't getting the, the development I needed. Those can all be tied into you know, whether we had those conversations or not. And, and so there's the activity that happens in succession planning, really, really important. And then the other side would be um, that uh, you, have to, you have to define two things. One is, um, you know, are we doing the things to make sure that our people are individually developing, but also have we allocated roles that we know are, are hot roles that if somebody leaves, that we are doing a good job progressing them. And, and, and um, you know, again, I've seen places that are doing a really good job of it, there's some accountability to it for the leaders. So leaders that um, you know maybe don't have a backfill for themselves or for a couple of um, kind of hot jobs in their area, one of the responsibilities in their performance management is to make sure that they can show that they're progressing one or two people in their area um, into being in a ready now status. And and so if if you're not doing those things, really really important because uh, as we as the market heats up. There's going to be a lot more opportunity for people to look at other roles. Retention may get more difficult. But the other side is, is do we have the ability to be able to either bring somebody in, bring somebody up? And, and the cost of bringing somebody in is often way more than if you're able to progress somebody internally. But, but you have to be methodical and thoughtful about doing that. Okay. So moving away uh, from creating the, the ultimate company, to um to an event that you're going to be speaking at quite soon on August 17th uh called Innovate Work Toronto uh yeah. you're going to be talking about disruption from stability a recipe for sustainability can you tell me a bit about the topic and what are the hoped for lessons from it sure um, and it may sound a little bit um, kind of uh, uh, they they may not fit the whole disruption from stability they they uh, um, juxtapose one of one another but um, uh, really what um, what it gets at is that there's uh, seems like a lot of organizations are are kind of taking on that whole idea of disruption it's moving beyond it being a buzzword um, to being something that actually happens in organizations and uh, um, you know it's that whole idea of uh, you know bolt-on kind of solutions versus are you prepared, are you doing those things to make sure it's the right solution for your organization to reach the goals that you hope to achieve. Um, way too many of, uh, of what can be uh, or what should be disruptive technologies or disruptive processes um, are dying on the vine in, in a lot of organizations because there hasn't been that thoughtful um, thoughtful either help from the vendor or or from those third parties that are, are going into those organizations, or even just internally about what do we want to achieve and is this the right solution, um, rather than jumping on kind of a, a disruption bus. <laughs> um, and, and so we'll talk a little bit about um, um, you know knowing what good looks like. Um, don't play, and I like to usually say kind of organizational Jenga, where you, know, you can pull something out from one area or put something in from another area, but you don't think about um, what the end run is and the end game of that. Um, a little bit about systems approach and, and how that, um, as both a vendor or an HR professional, will allow um, for success in implementing those things. Um, and also looking at is it the right time for those value-based outcomes to be there. So, so really we'll take away uh, hopefully five keys to help um, your clients or your organization, if you're an HR person, prepare for and increase 
the likelihood of, of sustained disruption, where it actually disrupts what you're doing and, and creates a new, a new outcome for your organization. Wow. Thank you. Sounds pretty cool. I'll be there uh, covering it for the Gazette. So I, I look forward to seeing it. Um, and, and also, I look forward to getting to meet you in person. So, uh, we yeah. are coming towards the end of this particular show. Before we wrap things up, a last couple of questions for you. Um, firstly, a- apart from the amazing Innovate Work Toronto event, of course, um, what, what, do you have any other plans for the next 12 months in terms of uh, being an organizer or speaker or, or attendee at any events? Sure. Well, um, well, we are are going to uh, a couple of different things. One is we usually try to go to there's um, an ERE event that actually happens in uh, uh, in Minneapolis this year. Uh, Minneapolis or Minnesota? I may get one of those two wrong. Everyone here who's recruiters will know which one I was at and which one's uh, wrong. Uh, but we have that coming up in October, so we usually go there to make sure we're kind of up to date on everything. Uh, we're happy that um, we uh, Epitome HR has actually um, is a finalist for the external uh, uh, consultant um, and advisor kind of category for the Canadian HR Awards. So we'll be doing that and uh, uh, be very kind of visible at that in uh, in the fall as well. Um, and then from our end, we usually will have a couple of things. We are working on a, an artificial intelligence. Um, kind of recruitment breakfast um, that we will be holding in the fall. So it's it's going to be busy for us and and myself. I, I try to kind of jump in and out of some of those and some speaking engagements as we go through. But uh, uh, we've got it's already shaping up to be a pretty uh, pretty busy fall for us. So uh, so we're pretty happy. And uh, um, but um, yeah, I, I mean I guess that's that's where we're kind of heading into uh, 2017. But we're already kind of pushing into what we're going to have to do for 2018. Awesome. So uh, congratulations there for your nomination, sir. Um, Just before we do wrap things up today, uh, how can our listeners learn more about you? Yeah, well, the first thing would probably be uh, our our website is is www.epitome, so E-P-I-T-O-M-E-H-R dot com. Uh, we also, uh, you can see us on, we have pages on LinkedIn and on uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. So uh, so any of those, feel free to, to kind of jump on there. And, uh, um, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just say that's probably the best thing. There's client service at epitomehr.com um, is a nice, easy email. And if you have any questions, feel free to flip something there and we'll, we'll get to uh, answer your questions and also get back in touch with you if, uh, if you'd like us to. Okay, that's wonderful. Well, that just leaves me to say, Jamie Allison, thank you for being the guest on the HR Chat Show today. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. It was uh, it was a good time. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.